Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, the founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. If you're tuning in for the first time, this radio show is about leadership. We explore topics that are important to being a great leader. Whether you're a first-time manager or a seasoned executive, this show will help you to learn and improve the essential skills that all effective leaders must master. I'm your host, Brenda Baird, and in this episode, I'll draw on my 30-plus years of business experience in building teams and leading people to get work done. I'm going to offer plenty of practical advice, personal coaching, and creative new ways of thinking about some common leadership challenges. Along with the business experience, I'm a professional certified coach, credentialed with the International Coaching Federation, and I'm an energy leadership master. Now, you may be wondering if this show is for you. Well, I believe that we are leaders somewhere in our lives. Certainly, we are the leaders of our own life. So I hope today's show inspires you to reflect and take some action to make your life and career the best that it can be. Hey, did you know that you can actually call in the show to ask me questions or comment on a topic? Just call 646-716-9397 and press 1 to get in the queue to listen to the show. Uh, they give incredible insight into the changes they're having and have some great insights themselves to share. So please give me a call at 646-716-9397 and just press 1 to get in the queue and I'll answer the calls as they come in. You know, our country is in from place now and I believe more than ever we need good, solid leaders. And we need those leaders because we need to remain positive and keep moving forward and not move back on any of the progresses we've made, whether that is within your own institutions, within or within our own. So I think this show is important for any leader in any organization to really take seriously about in role, how you actually do an impact on others with everything that you say and do. And it is an awesome responsibility and privilege to be a leader in some way. You see, perception is everything, especially when our perceptions drive our attitudes and then our attitudes have impact on others. This episode will discuss the difference between leaders who show up at work and leaders who just show up to get work done to others. The big difference between just showing up or showing up to work with other people effectively. The attitude you display, the words you speak, the body language you 
present and the look of your face that you think nobody else really sees you all contributes to the value or the lack thereof that you have as a leader and how that value is created. So give me a call at 646-716-9397 and let me know what you think about tonight's topic. So how leader shows up is it? We've all been there. You might be tired after a rough night's sleep. Maybe you're even a bit grumpy. You're having a bad hair day. Maybe you're angry in the last conversation that you had with a colleague. I'm telling you that as a leader, learning how to manage those emotions, learning how to manage your outwardly presentation of what you're feeling inside is going to be the difference between being a good leader and being a great leader. The attitude you display, the words you speak, the body language you present, and those scornful faces, they all tell a story. And that story is about you. Great friend. His name is uh, Steve Beck. He's a nationally recognized motivation speaker. He's actually been a guest on the show here. And he has a book. And the name of his book is Leave Your Funk at the Door. And in that book, well, why don't I just read that segment for you? The whole book is about this concept of leaving your funk at the door. And I've seen him do this live and in person a couple of times, and I've read his book over and over, and it really resonates with me. So here's what he says, leave your funk at the door. Excuse and reasons for why today cannot be a great day and why now is an impossible time to do a great job. This is just the chatter of your mind. Everyone has it, and it's just your funk. It's harmless unless you listen to it, so leave it at the door. I'll be right there to get ready to leave at the end of your day. This is about going home. And this is the thing that really resonated with me. Not only do I leave at work, leave at home. And so to bring funk from the workplace home and display that with a scornful face or our attitude, um, it does the same thing to our friends and family. So leave the door is my day tonight. And get the book. It's Steve Beck, B-E-C-K, and the book is titled Leave Your Funk at the Door. Um, it's, it's a great book, a great inspirational book, and a must-read for everybody. And in my years in business, I've seen leaders become even stronger leaders because their values and ethics define them. Personal right people, they conformed in the right way or avoided the right amount of risk, which typically was no risk at all. Um, and that made their leadership efforts appear to be superior at the time. No matter the reason, when you show up in front of your employees, it's a great time. And it's a time for you to know what your game is. And there are certain expectations that a leader should try to uphold. We're going to go through those tonight. I've sort of boiled it down to the six ways, my top six ways. There's probably more um, than just these six ways. But I think if you would just 
focus on the index to start, I think you'll see some tremendous improvement on um, on your leadership image. So the first one is to dress for success. <laughs> it's saying I learned from several of my mentors in my early days as a female business owner. And frankly, it irks me, uh, irked me then, and it still <clears throat> irks me a little bit today. But unfortunately, it's true because perception is reality. People tend to assume what they see is they get. So if, if you act like expressing the role is also, it places you into the right mental state because feeling like a leader is a precursor to actually acting like one. I, I had a colleague friend of mine once who told me she was a she had a home office and she did uh, graphic design work. But every morning she got up, she she took out and she dressed in her suit to sit down at her desk because she was working with um, executives who were going to be dressed that way. And she felt like it sort of teed her up to be visible. Even though nobody could see her, she was just teed up her mental state to be in a professional state of mind. So, The strangeness that there once was a profession. I mean, it didn't matter where you worked, that no matter what your industry, every morning if you were men and if you were a woman, you were wearing shirt and pantyhose with nice and typically a jacket as well. But today, there are so many interpretations of, of what is formal and what is casual that it's very, very easy to start to look sloppy. And sometimes overdressed if you're in an environment where um, having a suit and tie is no longer appropriate. So it's really important for you to be aware of how it is you need to dress and what it is for your particular industry. Now, if you're not sure which level is most appropriate for your work environment, a big rule of thumb is the more you deal with the client's family, the more traditional conservative, you be dressed. And that means that people in would want to stick the more traditional business attire. And those in creative industries, such as intent or advertisable, within those casual levels. Now, if you're a member of the board or you're going to be meeting board bosses and his, his or her colleagues, then it is appropriate for you to wear boardroom attire. That means a more formal look because that's what's going to be expected of you. And that would be true regardless of whatever size your company is. Very complex There's a lot of ins and outs and, and um, what should it or shouldn't go. So I would recommend you check out the book by Sylvia DiGustio. The name of her book is The Image of Leadership. She does a fantastic job of sort of breaking down what it means by business casual, what it means by smart business casual, and formal casual and black tie. So I think you'll find her book to be a great resource if you're wondering about, um, particularly my son, uh, when he was in high school and getting ready to go to college, I told him there's always going to be a couple of rules. New, but they do have to be clean and well pressed. Your shirt has to be well 
depressed. Can't look just pulled it out laundry basket to anyone to think that you could possibly lead their business into the future. Another thing is your shoes. Make sure that your shoes are clean and well polished and not particularly worn out. And tennis shoes no go. Flip no go. I used to work with a, a woman who wore flops to work every day. It is hard to believe, but she did. And uh, it really does this year overall presence and the way in which people can take you seriously. So there's a big push all around for not really judging people by how they look or who they are. I'm behind that more than 100%. The reality of it is, whether, whether you're trying to move into a leadership role or you are in a leadership role, how you and who cares actually makes a difference in regards to your credibility. They talk about being on stage, and that's around customer service. But, you know, it's also very true for leaders as well. The common perception of a leader is that they are open and and they can speak well in public. If you're in a leadership role and you don't see yourself in any of those words that I just described, be confident, can speak well in public, you need to fix it. Especially if you're looking to get promoted or move people into an area of change. One is to picture yourself in of a leader whose behavior you actually admire. So someone who epitomizes what a strong leader looks like. When the spotlight is on you, then imagine yourself as that person. Your speech should advance your leadership, not undermine it. Effective leadership requires what I call verbal discipline. Leaders need to take care about and practice the quality, specificity, the power of their language. Not enough, not, not enough of them really do do that. Um, we're seeing that on the TV nightly. <laughs> A vocabulary and incomplete sentences. If you want to be a great leader, communication is particularly crucial. One other thing, uh, sort of focusing on new leaders, is to understand that leadership language is different than the language of, say, someone who's an individual contributor or just a people manager who is managing, you know, operations. And so people managers can also be leaders, and they are, but I'm talking about specifically when you're leading people forward, when you're trying to communicate some sort of vision, the leadership language serves a specific purpose different from the language we use in non-leadership roles. Your communication is responsible for providing meaning about the present and the future, you're going to be explaining complex ideas. You're going to be demonstrating resolve in the face, articulating matters that others just don't see. 
calling on, on the organization to open commitments and standards, and you're really be infusing purpose and inspiration. And this just doesn't happen with a bland, casual, or vague language. So before you leadership event, think carefully about the words you choose. Be specific, concrete. Rehearse out loud with the trust. How does it sound to them? Leadership language by its very nature must be heightened and bold. Comfortable with these requirements. To say when they get up to speak because they don't know what they want. I'll explain. Before speaking formally or informally, ask yourself, what's actually going on here and what do I want? If the answer is grounded in the organization's shared purpose and not in your personal desires, you have a better opportunity to speak in those broader needs and goals. If you don't know what you want or worse yet, you want to pursue something that is really more self-centered, you should really remain silent until you're prepared to articulate the wider view of the organization. I can remember being in meetings, and I think everyone can probably relate to that, where people would begin to repeat what other people had just said. And I often thought to myself, were you not listening? Or are you just trying to convey that you understand? Or what exactly is going on here? And so over the years, I've been able to, what I think, evaluate that to be that a lot of times people feel like they have to bring their voice into the room and they need to say things, even if it's already been said, because their motivation is about grandizing in the moment motivation was to clarify or bring forward the mission of the company, they probably wouldn't need to state it again. The other thing to watch out for is the use of the word but, B-U-T. Be very careful about that. It is considered a contradictory conjunction, meaning that it shouldn't be used after a positive phrase, especially if you're talking to employees or people that you are trying to inspire. The but signals that whatever came before it is wholly invalid. So a common statement is, I liked your project, but it questions the sincerity of what was liked, and it emphasizes what the speaker wants to change. And so the use of but is something that you really want to use very cautiously. When a leader says something like, thanks for the feedback, but I think, it often comes across as, I don't appreciate what you just said, and we'll do it my way. A better way to say that is, I've considered your feedback and still believe in my decision. Similarly, a leader will address a team and say, this group did great work last quarter, but now we have to focus. It's better to say Your great work last quarter is just the momentum we need because this quarter will be a bigger challenge. So instead of but, use and, however, yet, except. 
Another thing is to just really go easy on the superlatives in your language. When too much is described as being amazing, awesome, huge, <laughs> unbelievable, epic, or incredible, very little is actually that way. So overuse superlatives sort of wash out the true meaning. And when a leader routinely declares commonplace events to be extraordinary, he or she contributes to a pattern of making everything sound the same. Instead of making declarations, explain the action and the reaction in simple language. Rather than call, say, a sales presentation amazing, did it fill you with wonder? Well, just talk about it. Clearly, compellingly, well-researched, full of the right data, or so forth. And resist praising the team with a generic, awesome. It's just, uh, it just doesn't have any meaning to people. It's better to say things like, very good work. The other thing I want to talk about when it comes to playing the role, and especially around our communication, is to not pull back. It can be easy to equivocate when speaking about an important or difficult topic. It is understandable and not useful <laughs> to shy away from making the clearest, strongest point because full ver verbal commitment requires full personal courage. Leaders will sometimes pull back by qualifying their speech. It's sort of up to this team, or this is kind of a tough decision. Resist the temptation to use this lazy language. Using clear language will increase your courage by having a more meaningful connection to what it is you needed to say and what you mean. Call an object by its proper name and a situation as it is. Deliberately use concrete and ac accurate language and clarify. <clears throat> Practice your speaking alone and with others. Seize the moment because it is up to you to use the best possible leadership language. So speak up and speak well. Now remember, if you're interested in calling into the show, the number is 616-716-9397. Press 1 to get in the queue. I really would love to hear your thoughts about um, the six great ways that a leader shows up. Maybe you even have a funny story that you would like to share. So number three, the third way that I think a leader, a great leader shows up is to just shoot straight. No BS. People can detect BS a mile away, especially if they're skeptical of you already. For instance, there were there's two groups of followers when it comes to leadership. They're the people who buy into whatever you're selling all the time. And then there's those who still need some convincing. The former already knows that leadership holds their best interest at heart, while the latter remains undecided for a myriad of reasons. A flashy vocabulary that reeks of show, promise that appear unattainable or coming across too nice or too helpful or too perfect. Not that any of those are actually negative things, but too much of any one thing is just too much. 
The fourth thing is accept difficult questions. Authentic leaders operate without boundaries when it comes to answering questions. They know that transparency and inclusion breed trust and innovation. And if they want their people to have the right context when making decisions, then it is critical to communicate the right information. Sharing knowledge is valuable, but passing the right information to the right people can transform the culture of mediocrity into one of authority. Of course, we all know that there is confidential information that prevents you from answering all questions, but let your folks know that. Understanding why an answer can't be specific is better than speaking in generalities or quickly moving on to the next question. A concerted effort to answer tough questions demonstrates a commitment to your people. And then just listen. Not everybody needs a solution. Sometimes the best thing a leader can do is to just listen to issues and challenges. Demonstrate your interest by actively taking notes and then following up with maybe a piece of information or an update that can help the staff form an action plan. This one is number five, but probably if I would think about it more, I would rank these in some sort of priority order. And if I were, this one would be my priority. And that is to lead by example. There's an old adage that goes like this. Your team will do what you do about half as well as you do it, or will do what you do poorly twice as poorly. In other words, leaders must show, not tell. If you want your employees to be a team player, then you must be one. If you want punctuality, make sure you arrive on time and early to meetings. A great illustration of practicing what you, you preach is Elon Musk's recent response to employee injuries. He not only sent an, an email expressing his concern and asking injured employees to help him understand what needs to be done to make things better, but also volunteered to work on the production line and perform the same task. He went on to say that all managers should do the same thing. In a good pack, the members need to know that the alpha has their back, unquote. So lead by example. I, I can tell you, I used to have a, a manager, this was before I was even a, a business owner, who was fixed on people who were standing around talking or did you come into work on time? Did you take an extra five minutes at lunch? It was just so stuck on the clock that he actually had cameras around the offices with monitors in his office so that he could keep an eye on the lunch area and everything. Probably in today's society and work environments, it probably wouldn't even be legal anymore. But this is what he did. And yet the office opened at 8 o'clock in the morning, and he usually did not roll in until 9.30 or so. Always with some sort of a lame excuse about maybe he stopped by a customer's or picked up something that the business needed. But inevitably, 
it was really hard for us to take serious that punctuality was important to him um, over him just wanting to control everything that we did. So leading by example is a really important thing to do. And number six is to be sincere. You know, I talked about Disney and being on stage. How you present yourself on stage in a meeting or in a hallway encounter should be consistent and be authentic. Because the second you appear to be anything less when your folks raise the BS flag and begin to question your next move, it will only proliferate from there. I can remember in my corporate job, there would be leaders who in the elevator or walking down the hall could hardly give you eye contact and certainly didn't even say hi. And then when you walked into a meeting room, they had sort of an aggressive stance to them that um, they were somehow powerful. And I always found that to be really weird. And it left me questioning, first of all, their leadership ability, but second, to wonder what was going on with them. If they really uh, had a lack of self-esteem or confidence, or did they not like people? And so it began to set off a, just a series of questions where you become thinking that there's a reason behind the behavior. So being sincere in everything you do and being on stage is really important. And that sounds sort of exhausting, doesn't it, to be on stage? Essentially what it means is, though, for you to be authentically yourself. You can mitigate what appears to be really stressful about this by just being very self-aware that not only your words, how you say them, relative to the context of the audience you're speaking to, will either give rise to their skepticism or their doubt. Becoming self-aware is one of the, the most positive things a leader can do to make sure that they're leading effectively. So if, if anyone has any questions about the topic tonight, perhaps maybe there's bits pieces of it that you didn't really hear yourself in and you want to build on those skills, um, please check out brindabairdcoaching.com. We're happy to help you with overcoming any of the challenges that you might have heard tonight or just sort of, you know, stabilizing the skills that you already have uh, to make them more robust and more, more effective. So we don't have any callers tonight and we're just about out of time. So I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. And I think that's a wrap, Tommy. So until next time, everybody take care. Thanks.